Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everybody. This is Steven Jensen, now Pulowski. We got the, well, what normally would be the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, we did not have any AEW tonight, but we did have NXT, and it was the go-home show to NXT TakeOver 30. So me and Alex are going to talk about that. Looking forward to hearing y'all's thoughts as well. So make sure, if you want your voice heard for sure, hit us with a super chat. Any amount, get your statement, comment, question, whatever it is. Um, you know, we'll, we'll deep dive on it. We'll make sure we answer your questions. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to give your money's worth the best that we possibly can on your questions, comments, statements. So looking forward to hearing about these on this episode. Before we get into that, Alex, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, you know, my, my beloved NXT has finally, uh, finally jumped the shark. And, um, and I, I they've, uh, if it's a, I mean, we, we saw it coming over the course of, of several weeks and months but it's officially Wednesday Night Raw, and I'm. It, it's really sad because it was, to me, the best uh, wrestling on TV in the world up until about, like, that, that wonderful heyday, 2016 to 2018. And then they were like, let's put it on TV. Everybody will watch it. It'll be great. And then it fell apart. So I'm sad. <laughs> well, we do have a packed show to talk about. There was a lot that went on. I was actually pretty surprised how how quick those two hours flew by, to be honest. Like That's I felt, true. I felt like that first hour especially was like jam packed. And then we got to the McAfee stuff, which we're going to definitely talk a lot about because yeah. there's a lot to talk about there for sure. Um, we did have a couple super chats I want to address real quickly before uh, we jump into this that came through right at the top uh, from Throwback. He says, "Have an amazing show tonight. Uh, thank you, Fightful, for everything. Can't wait for the rest of the week." Um, thank you, uh, thank you, Throwback. We appreciate the support very much, man. Um, we also have one from. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. Sing, Singer Vampire. I might be messing that up a little bit, but uh, Sing, Sing, Seg, Singer Vampire. Trying to do that my best shot. It says, have a great evening, gents. Uh, big shout out to Mr. Warren Hayes in his Discord. So yeah, shout out to Warren. Of course, I'm here uh, replacing Warren for the night because he's on vacation. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, we also had another super chat just come in from Anakin JMT. 
It says, moment of silence for Alex losing NXT to main roster shenanigans. Okay, that's kind of what you're alluding to, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the hey, there's a multi-man ladder match on the pay-per-view. Let's make sure they all come out and, and get involved in this thing because schmazes are fun and they're never fun. They're always a bad idea. Don't do them. Yeah, we're going to definitely get into that because I feel exactly the same way. Um, well, let's just jump right into it, man. As far as like this show starting off, went right into the first match. We had Johnny Gargano taking on Ridge Holland. And of course, you know, there was a really alarming spot during this match um, that looked very... Uh, I think Johnny Gargano is very lucky. Um, I'd assume he's pretty uh, okay. I mean, for the most part, considering they did finish the match. Um, but from what I understand, they did, like when it was live, they did stop it and check on him and stuff before they went back into it, from what I understand. So, what were your thoughts on this match? What are your thoughts on Gargano advancing over Ridge Holland? And then, of course, that scary spot there. Um, well, this is, this is kind of what I thought when they were, you know, they, they, they moved Loomis out. They, well, they, they, I don't know how, how legit his injury really was. I guess it, it was partially legit, at least. Um, uh, but I said, okay, well, they, they want to they put in the big names into this thing. Uh, they're they're worried about the rest of the programming and it it not not measuring up with their normal card, so let's get the big names in there. Um, and yeah, I I thought there was no way Gargano was going to lose to Ridge Holland. I thought there was there's that obviously the other match where you have different sides of of you know, but they're both big stars at least in the other match with Finn and, and Dream. And this one I thought Gargano was no way he's losing, and then Ridge Holland sentient side of beef um who who listen looks really good and he can throw some th really interesting suplexes and slams and stuff but he literally just drops 170 pound johnny gargano on the top of his head and i thought well well that's that's it like and when i when i saw also they're like no 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 they stopped it they stopped the match they went in to check on him they then they filmed the rest of it. I was like, well, they filmed the rest of it so that Ridge Holland would win, surely, because you know Johnny Gargano obviously has an impacted several vertebra. So uh, no, no, he's he wins. Uh, like he looks like a trooper. He sold his ass off for 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 the kid Ridge Holland, who again could very well have a very long and productive career ahead of him. He's got an interesting look. Uh, I don't know if he can talk. Um, but I mean, he could, he has an, a possibility for a very bright future as long as he can get past that one thing where, um, you're not supposed to kill the guy you're wrestling. Like that's, that's a, that's a number one rule Ridge. Um, as you develop more and do more things, you're going to learn, don't kill the dude you're wrestling. But other than that, he's doing a pretty good job. Um, and yes, they, they, they have Gargano in there to have the name value. His 18th takeover. Um, I, I think, I think they want to get that to like 20, 25. I think they want it to be like this thing of Johnny Gargano spend his entire career in NXT being that guy they could always turn to for stuff. A lot of people have, 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 um, like gotten tired of Johnny. And I, I think that, that he's, he's such a, such a consummate professional that I'm always interested in watching what he does. 
Yeah, the 18 takeovers is interesting because you can look at it, you know, kind of one of two ways, right? It's like either super cool that he's done it or also a little concerning that he's been there that long and that might only be... like My thing is this, though, too. I think he's a much better fit for NXT than he would be on Raw or SmackDown. So, oh, like, I'm, so I'm not over here, like, fiending for him to, like, make the move. I just don't know, like, how much more there is left for him to accomplish there with like the way that system works with the way they're going to continue to sign new people certain people are going to have to be highlighted because most of the people are eventually going to go up to you know quote unquote up to raw or smackdown and stuff like that so it, he, gargano's in a strange spot um but he, like you said he's always reliable so um i'm very interested in this one and i'll also say if they i mean i'm not advocating anybody do that move that you know we saw tonight where he got spiked on his head i'm not like advocate but like if that was a move that was like done safely that was like a sweet looking move i do have to say i've met something i've never seen before yeah i don't know if that was supposed to look like that and then johnny just didn't tuck his head because he never rest wrestled ridge holland but johnny's johnny's wrestled so many people he knows what, what how to take moves so i don't know if that move was supposed to look like that or was supposed to be like a regular randy orton type power slam and it just got all messed up I don't know what happened there, but um, I uh, I thought I thought that a lot of his stuff looked great. He's got a great head and arm suplex thing. Look like some good uranagis. He's a really powerful type dude. I I could see somebody like Vince McMahon falling in love with this guy, particularly if he's got a fun accent. You know, like he because he. I mean, he, honestly, I I I think a main a major reason why Vince is super enamored with Drew McIntyre, who I actually love. I think he's doing great work. I think a main reason why Vince loves him is because he's got that great Scottish brogue. Like if Ridge Holland has a really cool British Isles accent, I think Vince is like, yeah, pal, that's great. They, the ladies love that. I, I think that's for, for sure where he's going to go. I love that. And you and Vince actually, I think, agree on this one, right? With all the beef in the ring there. I mean, that's a oh, uh... beef. What's what's for dinner? <laughs> there you go. Um, we did have another uh, super chat there a second ago that I want to make sure to address from Evan Wright. It says, "Oh wow, thank you." It says Stephen Jensen appreciation super chat. Uh, can we get a sour graps extra this week? Much love to y'all. I think I'll skip this week's NXT show on Friday. I think you mean you'll. I think on you, Saturday. On Saturday, I think is what yeah. you mean. Evan, that's too kind of you, man. Thank you very much for that. And, of course, you can find myself and Alex on Fightful Select. We're on there all the time. Alex does the Sour Graps podcast, which I say all the time. I think that that is worth the price of admission alone to get to get your Fightful Select subscription. I do the Weekender talking like all non-WWE and AEW stuff, although we do talk about being the elite. So you get podcasts, you get stuff from Sean Ross Sapp, you get stuff from him and Jimmy Van, a whole bunch of stuff, news. Uh, I mean, you get the scoops, everything you can uh, you can imagine. And it is the uh, most direct way to support Fightful as well. So make sure to check that out. Figured I'd give that a little plug ski considering the uh, the kind words there from Evan about, uh, about our podcast there. So thank you. Yeah. Um, moving on, we had... What was next on this show? Oh, yeah, Dakota Kai uh, versus Kamea. Kamea, am I saying that correct? Kamea, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously, I thought this this was what it was. You know, like, they're obviously building towards Dakota Kai, and they're going to be, you know, she's in the next title match. And, and I think what happened out after the match was probably a bit more important. So if you want to talk about, you know, Dakota Kai getting this sure. win, and then, of course, um, the Gonzalez came out and, and, and you know, her, her bodyguard, essentially. Yeah, no, I um, I, I really liked the use of the match because too often now, especially on the main roster, which again, 
NXT is becoming. Um, they just do, okay, the top contender will face the champion seven times before they have the pay-per-view match. And e e either or, you're going to have sloppy DQ finishes, double countouts, or somebody's going to get a get a clean pin or a, or a you know a pin via distraction or whatever that doesn't seem to help anybody or hurts one of the people like a lot. Why is Asuka pinning Bailey or submitting Bailey all the time? Does, why do I want to watch that match now? But this is a great tune-up match for the top contender. Dakota Kai gets to look like a million bucks. You get to watch her beat up this woman, uh, Kamea, and and say, wow, I mean, if Dakota Kai looks like that against Io Shirai, I believe she has a shot, which you would never do unless you saw this match. So give these top contenders, especially heels, that are that like with Dakota Kai, she spent a long time in NXT as kind of a laughing stock. Um, and and then she had that heel turn, but she still wasn't winning matches. So this t title uh, match comes out of relatively nowhere. So you put her in a match with this enhancement talent who 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 makes her look really good. And you say, okay, now Dakota Kai, this Dakota guy, that's a match versus Io Shirai I want to watch. And and that's good. You should do that more across the board with a lot of people. The aftermath with Io Shirai and, and Dakota Kai having a fight. And then uh, Raquel Gonzalez, again, she should still be called Reina. Reina means queen. Raquel means Rachel. It's totally different. The, I don't know why we got rid of queen to Rachel. That doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're a Friends fan. But... Listen, she looks great. She's huge. I don't know how tall she is. She looks like she's seven foot five in there with other women. And it's just, it really makes her look so much more powerful. That huge, giant, like, like chest slam. But she like palms a, a whole lady's boobs and then just shoves her into the mat as hard as possible. Though Every time she does it, it looks so vicious. I, I, I love what she brings to this thing. I love that we thought maybe she and Dakota weren't around each other anymore because she hadn't appeared for a while. And then Dakota said, I don't need insurance. So I like that she's around. It gives it another option of this. If you say, well, they're not going to put the title on, on Dakota Kai. Well, like, well, listen, they love their wacky finishes and interference. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it via Reina Gonzalez interfering and beating up Yoshirai while the ref takes a bump or something. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and you're totally right about that. There's, I, I probably undervalued the, the match itself and you put a, a really good light on that because I do much prefer this, this like a, like a squash style match against, you know, kind of a jobber, right? But that's totally fine. Like Dakota Kai should do that to somebody we're not really familiar with on NXT. Like that would totally make sense heading into a title match. So I thought it was all good. Uh, who do you think wins that uh, that match at TakeOver? Do you think Dakota Kai walks away with the title, or do you think that Io Shirai retains? I don't know. They're, they keep talking about how they're going to do, like, this triple brand draft, you know, at some point in the future. I don't know when. But um, but I, I don't think Kai is the person that you, you put EO, uh, the belt on now uh, if Io isn't immediately being called up somewhere. And who knows, like with, with Kyrie Sane gone, I, I could see EO and, and and Asuka like making a serious run as tag champions for a while if they finally take all the belts off of uh, Sasha and Bailey and make them pissed at each other. And that's why we wind up getting that feud. 
Um, I think that's a possibility. Um, but I, I don't I don't think Kai wins it uh, this weekend unless they have serious plans for EO that I am unaware of. Good deal. Um, as far as the next match, man, we talked about him a little bit last week. Legado del Fantasma, the the group with uh, Escobar, Wild, and Mendoza, and how much I how much value I think they're bringing to the two hundred five live brand right now, and just like the cruiserweight scene, just in general with that with uh, Escobar holding that title belt and everything. Uh, they had a match tonight with Breezango and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Swerve Scott, of course, being the only person to have a victory over uh, Santos Escobar. Uh, you know, on WWE programming. So, what do you think uh, about this match here? Do you do you? I mean, I, I don't think it was like a surprise that Legado del Fantasma won this one, but at the same time, it kind of all. I feel like it like it did what it needed to, and it kind of showcased all the guys involved and kept the stable looking strong. So, what were your thoughts on this one, man? Well, especially since they announced that they're going to do a uh, triple tag team, triple threat tag team match on the pre-show for Takeover. Um, will, which will determine a number one contender uh, for the for Imperium, which involves Brizongo and uh, Wild and Mendoza plus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, so they're building toward that match with more and more of this. Um, I I just love Fandango, man. I really think that he he got done dirty a, a lot. Like they 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 built him up. They let him win his first match at WrestleMania. And then it just never really materialized for him because it was like, hey, I dance. What do you do? I dance. Watch me dance. Look, I do this thing with my fingers. That's what I do. And that was his whole gimmick for years. And then he found Tyler Breeze and that Brizongo thing was magic on SmackDown. They were so great together. Then one or more, the other one gets hurt and, you know, they wind up back together and the other one get hurt again. And it just, it never really worked. But I feel like, if they were to ever split them up, please don't split them up. I'm not asking you to split them up. If they ever did, I think Fandango is, is the kind of guy who really does have a great mid-card run in him as a champion because he's so funny as this as this self-aware, brain-dead character. Like, he's so great. Um, all the stuff they did together. So, I mean, I really would love to see them. Um, uh, they and uh, the two of them, uh, Breeze and, and, and Fandango. Becoming tag champs, we can get rid of Imperium because they're they're not around. They're not defending the belt. They're not doing anything. Not even on TV. Like putting that putting the belt on them now looks like a stupid idea. Put them on Brizongo. Let them feud forever with Legado del Fantasma. Let Legado del Fantasma win the belts and and freebird them. Like I think that that would be really cool to see what matches uh, Escobar decides are important enough that he has to step in for one of his two underlings. I think that'd be actually pretty cool as well. Um, the, I guess you get Escobar, he pins Breeze, but also there was a visual pin of Swerve Scott on on, uh, on Escobar, which which furthers that rivalry. But I don't love how like if if the announcers are even confused by it, then you've overbooked it. Like when they're like, ah, I I guess Tyler Breeze is the legal man. I I have no idea what happened. Like that's. Then you you give you thought about it too much. Just I know you do the whole thing where you know oh well we got to find a way for this to not work. We, we want it. We want to have our cake and eat it too. We want Swerve Scott to pin Santos Escobar, but not yet. So we have to have this other thing happen. Escobar looking strong by pinning Tyler Breeze. Just pick one. You gotta you gotta pick one. You can't do both. It doesn't work. Now I will say I don't have much of a problem with 
the wrestler is being confused in that scenario because Swerve no, Scott no, didn't. Sure. But but the announcers, I'm totally with you there. Yeah. Um, because as a as a viewer, like without the commentary side of it, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of different. Like he like it looked like he had the win, and they actually stuck to the rules. Like there was a tag made, and they actually the legal man was not Swerve Scott. So I did I did like that that Swerve uh, pun kind of definitely yeah. intended there. Um, we had a couple super chats while we were talking about that and. Uh, like we've been mentioning before, if you want your voice heard, if you want your questions answered, if you want to make predictions along with us uh, for some of these matches we're talking about and stuff, Super Chats, we'll make sure to dive deep on those for you. Lee Lewis uh, asks, is that a Breaking Bad QZ? Already like you. Okay, so I think you're referring to, because I'm, I think I'm the only one holding QZ. This is actually um, for a website out of Nashville, Tennessee called the Soberers Network. I do a, an MMA podcast with them every Monday. So, But I will say Breaking Bad is definitely one of my top three favorite shows of all time. So um, love Breaking Bad still, but it is not a Breaking Bad koozie. Um, Dizzy C with a $50 super chat. I believe that says, is that a $50 super chat? It doesn't say the, the dollar sign on there. I can't tell. Either way, Dizzy C with the super chat, thank you very much, says Rhea is a great baby face and a murderer. Yeah, man, I wish they would have, uh, I feel like they dropped the ball massively with her. Um, and I know you had a lot of thoughts on this, Alex, so just go for it, man. Well, no, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to that, to that, uh, to that point when we talk about that match. Um, but yeah, I, 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 do, I do love that Rhea Ripley does not have any qualms about causing blunt force trauma deaths to people just you know if you basically she is the female uh australian equivalent of drago from rocky four if she dies she dies like that's that's basically me ripley and i'm so here for it i always have been i want her to use her like this more like she should she's a human wrecking ball like she's got herself in such fantastic shape she's she has the world in front of her. You could give it to her now and let her run with it for the next 20 years if you wanted to. She'll never drop the ball. She's that good. I don't think, I only think that, that the only thing you can do at this point by holding her back is, is actively damage her. Just let her go. She is a, she's a, she's a, she's a wonderful, she's a gazelle. She's a huge, muscular, murderous gazelle but she's a gazelle. You have to let her run free. I couldn't agree more. That's poetic, Alex. Beautiful. Um, moving, moving on, we had a... Uh, you know what? Something else that was actually poetic and beautiful, and I did not see this coming. Uh, we had that segment with Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, uh, along with the Undisputed Era and a couple football players, along with Pat McAfee. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to let you take it away here in a second. Just going to give a quick, a quick thought here that... I did not see that coming at all. Uh, Pat McAfee cut an incredible promo, in my opinion. I and um, I saw some of your tweets about it, so I don't want to step on your toes too much because I know you got thoughts on this. But um, I, I really, uh, I was very impressed. The only thing he did that I, I can nitpick is he did uh, one of those like all you peoples during it, and I was like, you always catch that, especially if you watch this channel often. You always catch those, but. Uh, Alex, what did you think about this with with McAfee bringing that honorage, Cole bringing his honorage? Cole was actually the one to tell his people to back off first. I mean, Cole came off like a badass, in my opinion, this whole segment. I, so, so go for it, Alex. What are your thoughts? This was great. This was the best thing on on NXT this week. Um, uh, I, unexpectedly so. I was one of those people 
from the beginning who was like, really? They're giving Pat McAfee his first match against Adam Cole? Like, good for Pat McAfee. I mean, we'll see what, what, what you know what he wants to do in wrestling. That'll be interesting. But Adam Cole has to work with Pat McAfee, a former punter. Not like a... Not like when Bam Bam Bigelow wrestled Lawrence Taylor, Hall of Fame linebacker Lawrence Taylor. Like, like Adam Cole's wrestler wrestled the punter. Like, what an insult that is if you know American football. I know he was a great punter. He was still a punter. And yet, he comes out, and Pat McAfee walks to the ring with an actual linebacker, A.J. Hawk, uh, a free safety, Darius Butler, and I don't know who the third guy was. I didn't catch who he was. They didn't announce his name. I don't know if he was but like I, the driver that's kind of rolled in there with him. Well, I wasn't sure. <laughs> he was the limo driver. That's great. I don't know who he was, but but Pat McAfee mentioned that all all of them had played professional football. Um, AJ Hawk had has lost a lot of weight since he was playing linebacker for the Packers. I I remember watching him living in Wisconsin, watching him miss many a tackle on Sundays. But I um, but it was funny to me that like he comes in like. The beginning of it was so great. He's like, I know that you can't stand in the middle of the ring on your own two feet. You're going to have to bring your stooges. So I brought my guys. And my guy, I'm, I have no problem sending my guys against your guys because, I mean, let's be honest, you're all a bunch of midgets. Like, basically, that, that's, that's that whole thing that he was doing was all, you're so small, you're so small, you're so small. And, and everybody's talking about online, like, why, why would you let, you know, shouldn't it be the professional wrestler talking shit to the professional athlete? who's trying to come into his world, but it, it presented so much more strength in Adam Cole to just stand there and be like, man, I am going to end you so hard on Saturday. And just like the whole time, just like just seething with anger. But the promo by McAfee was masterful. Like this guy is so good on the mic. He's better than 98% of the people they have in their employ across all three brands. He is. He, he just, I mean, and if, if you're saying to yourself, it was a bad promo, it wasn't even very good, then A, you're AEW Stan, who hates, or you hate the idea of him being in this match at all. And I can sympathize with the second part if you didn't watch the promo tonight, because this promo changed everything for me. I, if he can go at all, um, at the pay-per-view, if he can go at all, if you see any potential in him, you have to give him a King's Ransom offer. You say, stop doing your little things where you do, do um, you know, podcasting and, and you can keep the podcast. Stop doing the, the college football announcement. They're never going to take you seriously in college football. They're never going to let you be who you are there. Come over here. You can just talk every week for 10 minutes and everybody else can listen and be like, oh, wow, that's what a natural talker sounds like. And then we'll train you how to take bumps and do moves I mean, all you have to do is be be reasonably talented in the ring, and the talking will carry you until you get there. He's young enough that he can learn. He looks yoked. Like, he's got biceps and stuff. Like, he looks a lot better built than Dominic Mysterio, who's also having his debut match this, this week. So, I, under, I mean, everything he was saying made so much sense. He was just full of fire, and, and, and he had the, the delivery... Everything was all about belittling Cole, but it all felt so real to him. And I could quibble with some of the things he said, but man, that was a great heel promo. And he never stuttered once. He never stumbled. It was all perfectly delivered to Adam Cole. And then at the end, Adam Cole walks up and says, on, sun on Saturday, I'm going to make you my bitch. 
And that's all he had to say. And they walk away. And they have this little standoff where Adam Cole gets to beat up a bunch of, like, security stooges. But really what it is is that fire promo from McAfee. Adam Cole, not scared, walks up. I'm going to make you my bitch. And they walk away. And now I got to see this match. Now I got to see this match. Because guess what? I haven't seen them really do anything to each other since that punt kick. Like, that was it. And that was kind of like a, a cheap shot. By, by the guy who doesn't actually wrestle. So I'm prepared to watch this on, on Saturday and see one of two things. Pat McAfee, like, trying to run away and, like, you know, being the smart guy. Oh, if I'm not in the ring, you can't hurt me for, like, 12 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, or for him to pull out some really interesting athletic stuff for Adam Cole to sell when he needs to and then Adam Cole to eventually win, but us to go, well, I want to see more of what Pat McAfee's selling. Let's do more of that. This was, this was the, the, could be the beginning of a huge new talent in wrestling. If, if he wants it to be, and if WWE is smart enough to make him that offer. Dude, the way you're talking too, it actually reminds me, it's somewhat unrelated, but it just reminds me of, remember uh, probably, a, I don't know, two or so years or so, maybe, maybe more recent, when Cain Velasquez was wrestling for AAA and like no one knew what really to expect. And this was before he came to the WWE and he went out there and he was like hitting hurricane runners on people. He was going out there and like, he was killing it with like a Lucha style. And this is a former UFC heavyweight champion that we did not expect this out of. And I kind of have these kind of vibes. Same with Dominic Mysterio this weekend. I don't know. Like I'm, I have like really high hopes for these people that are, that are kind of making these debuts in, in prominent positions. I mean, you mentioned Dominic Mysterio. He's in there against Seth Rollins. And if he wins that match, he's already like, basically like a main event level guy like right off the bat if he wins and then you have pat mcafee you could be an immediate star by beating you know the, the longest running nxt champion ever so i mean there's a lot of uh, really interesting stuff going on this weekend as far as the debuts um we had a couple people that wanted to chime in on this topic as well uh anakin jmt with another super chat says pat better watch out saturday Cole's looking to take out some aggression after how Breeze screwed him out of two Uno wins in a row this week. Uno wins. Is this is this something I missed? Was this like on a gaming up, channel or something? I believe it's on Up, Up, Down, Down, okay. if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I missed that. But uh, but shout out to Up, Up, Down, Down, Xavier Woods and those guys. I mean, yeah. doing their thing. Uh, so I can't really speak to that. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the match between Cole and Pat McAfee much more now than I was last week. I mean, it's not even close. We got a few more super chats here that I want to make sure to get to. Justin Lopez says, honestly, guys, I thought he cut a fire promo and the quote, I made a million dollars in seven dis- different industries popped me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said something along the lines of like, this will be my eighth job. If I want to accept this job, yeah. basically, I yeah. mean, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was fired. Um, Justin Lopez also says also before tonight, the only, uh, the only way I think, yeah, I think you're right. The only way I saw McAfee winning was have the Undisputed Era turn on Cole. Could you guys see that happening? Um, I'll let you answer that, Alex. Do you think that we could possibly see the Undisputed Era actually turn on Adam Cole? Uh, maybe Roddy, but they haven't built it right. Like, Roddy has always been the whipping boy. You could see if they had done it the way they, they, they could have, is to have him resent the way he's being treated and all that kind of stuff, at least built to it. But it would come out of nowhere, which means they'll probably do it. Because there's no need for logic or storytelling or consistency. So, who knows? One more super chat here. Uh, J.K. Schwal. 
03 says, as a Packer fan, too, I know Alex can appreciate AJ Hawk's ability to make a career of making a tackle eight yards past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. If you if you ran a, a delayed dive up the middle, AJ Hawk would absolutely make that tackle one yard past the first down every time. I mean, listen to the thing. You you will get nine yards on AJ Hawk, but you will not get ten. Okay, so if it is second, if it is first and ten, you will it'll be second and one after after that tap after that tackle. That's 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 AJ Hawk's signature. And J.K. Schwall, uh, just so you know, and Alex as well, I'm actually a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan, so I actually know exactly what y'all are talking about. Yeah. So. Oh no, no, you're well, well, well aware. <laughs> so we can talk about that some other time, but uh, but thank you very much, J.K. Schwall, uh, for that super chat. Moving on on this show, um, let's see here. So that was kind of like the end of like the first hour of the show was like leading into that promo and stuff. That was one of the fastest hours of wrestling I've watched in a while where I was like, that was action packed. And and honestly, when Pat McAfee pulled up, I was like, Oh damn, they're going to ruin this. Like the momentum is going. And now this, and they totally 180 my opinion on that. Like, and then the second half of the show, I thought was really good as well. Um, basically the next match we had, I don't think I'm missing anything here. Uh, yeah, I think the next match we got here was uh, the Robert Stone brand versus Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart. And we talked a little bit about Rhea Ripley a little bit ago, Alex, uh, with his opinions on her and our, our joint opinion that we both think she is uh, fantastic and should be pushed to the moon. Uh, basically, Shotzi Blackheart and Rhea Ripley get the win here over the Robert Stone brand. What do you think about this match? And do you have any additional thoughts on any, any of the competitors and or any more thoughts on Rhea Ripley? I mean, this the story of this is. Um, I mean, unfor- it's it's hard it's hard it's hard to say they don't matter um, when one of them got the pin for the victory on the other one. But Shotzi and Aaliyah don't matter in this. Like it's it's Shotzi, Shotzi's great. Aaliyah could not be more of an also ran thing that's just like there. Um, but uh, I, I I I I I still want to see more. Just just one on one Mercedes Martinez versus Rhea Ripley. Just these two hoss women just throwing elbows and trying to end the other one's life. Just it's 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 so refreshing to see this kind of thing where where Rhea Ripley gets something to really sink her teeth into. I think is a possibility for her and Mercedes Martinez. Um, uh, the match uh, ends effectively when Rhea Ripley uh, power bombs uh, Mercedes Martinez over the barricade onto the concrete. I mean it's heavily edited, but um, but just like, uh, yes, no, no, if, if, if you die, I have no problem with that. I'll move on and I'll, I'll face somebody else because I'm Rhea Ripley. Um, I think that that's, there's, the potential is limitless there. Um, Shotzi's always fun to watch, but I, I, I don't know where her ceiling is. She seems too weird, like not to me, but to them, the people who run things. She seems like she's an oddball character. She wears this funny helmet with, with horns on it. She rides a tank to the ring. She's zany, fellas. She loves to have fun. Like, it's that kind of a thing that if they ever say those things about you, then that's your ceiling. You'll never rise above it. They will never allow you to rise above it. And that's that's a problem because I think she's really talented and fun to watch. Um, uh, the welcome to the ball pit thing is is fun. You know, like, there's a lot of things to like about Shotzi Blackheart, and yet I don't know how much higher she can rise um, when people who have these sensibilities are running things. 
once again, can't say any of that better myself. Totally agree. Um, we had a video package after this, which was building up uh, basically Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. And, of course, this is going to be the NXT Championship match at NXT TakeOver 30. So, my kind of my opinion is, like, I love the matchup, but I feel like they've totally boxed Keith Lee out because I feel like Karrion Cross has to win based on how they've, like, set all this up around him. And, and that leads me to believe that they're going to also want to bring him to Raw or SmackDown if he does lose the title, which also worries me as well because I'm a... Like, I'm a I guess I'll put it this way before I, I you know, we talk about, because uh, there isn't anything else really to talk about, like, title match-wise, aside from this uh, this kind of vignette and promo and video package. Um, I love Keith Lee, and I feel like it took him so long to get to that title, and, like, he finally won it, and, like, it's, it hasn't been long yet, and, but it's, like, they, the way they built Karrion Cross, like, how do you... How do you stop that either? So it's I, I'm so torn on on the booking of this match right now. It reminds me kind of like the fiend, right? Like when they built the fiend up and there was just nowhere to go. Like they built him up, they gave him the title, and then it was like all the shenanigans that nobody cared about. And then before you knew it, this guy they had built to the moon was just another guy again. And it was like almost impossible to believe. And Keith Lee, obviously a much different wrestling character than the fiend obviously but but somebody who's totally unique somebody who has the size the speed i mean he's got a unique look um the way he speaks like he's great on the microphone he's like intellectual and it's like he presents something totally say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Be different, and I love his work, and I love him as champion, and I'm afraid that the this I'm afraid this is all going to Karrion Cross, who's who I also like. So, kind of, what are your thoughts, man? Like, do you think that do you think this all inevitably leads to Karrion Cross winning the belt over the weekend? And if so, what happens to Keith Lee? <sighs> Um, they box themselves into a corner. They box themselves into a corner the same way they did with the fiend. Um, oh, this guy's hot. This guy's an interesting. People are talking about him. Guess we better hot shot him into a title program. Um, but then what? Then what? Like you, you, you hot shot him into a title program that he has to win because of how you've booked him so far, but he's in the title program versus the champion who everybody else loves, whose rise has been meteoric, and you're going to squander all that to put the title on this this new guy, who, again, I do see a lot of things in. Like, he's he's certainly got a lot of talent, and he's, um, he's, he's 
the combination of quickness and size that he has is undeniable. I'm not a big fan of his promo stuff. I don't I don't like the the walleye fisheye lens thing where you can see up his nose and he just says TikTok. I don't. I mean, are are you a fan of 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 apps that the teenagers use to communicate? Is that what? You, are you are you are you an on board the TikTok? I don't get the fascination that this whole company has from NXT to the main roster of saying, let's take this guy we got that's really hot and interesting and let's box him into a corner where where he has to win against a guy who also can't lose and now we don't know what to do. So whatever we do is going to be unsatisfying because we'll find a way to figure out a way of overbooking the finish. Remember how Seth Rollins could only beat The Fiend because he put a whole bunch of shit on top of him and then and put a toolbox on top of him and then hit the toolbox with a hammer or whatever the fuck he did in a Hell in a Cell match. They had to stop the Hell in a Cell match, which is impossible because it's a Hell in a Cell match. You don't stop a Hell in a Cell match. Why would you do that? And then immediately after stop the Hell in a Cell match, they're like, oh, we'll save it. Bray Wyatt will wake up and the Fiend will put on the mandible claw on him after the thing. But uh, then, oh, well, we screwed that pooch. That pooch has been screwed to death. Let's take everybody over to Saudi Arabia and we'll have the fiend survive being thrown in a, in a, in a box of electricity and he'll come back out like Michael Myers at the end of Halloween 8 and he'll pin Seth Rollins and that'll fix everything surely. Oh no, wait, we kind of ruined and neutered that character? I know, Bill Goldberg will save us! What a horrible, horrible way they fucking botched all of that shit. All of it. That they that that they they made us by putting the fiend, a character we, we were all in love with, and rightfully so, after his debut at SummerSlam, by 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 booking him against Seth Rollins, the babyface that we we were supposed to cheer for because he unseated Brock Lesnar, by putting the baby the the fiend in that match versus Seth Rollins, they made us choose, and we're always going to choose the really fun, cool new guy. Like, we're always going to choose that. But the Fiend was so uh, compelling. Of course we're going to choose him. He carries around the head of his former character as a lantern. Of course we're going to choose him over Seth Rollins. So now, if we choose that guy over Seth Rollins, well, you can't keep Seth Rollins' baby face. Now you got to turn him heel. And now we got the Monday Night fucking Messiah. Like, we got the fucking Jesus character who's only got one disciple and walks... like. It, the whole thing has gone to shit because they decided to box themselves into a corner. So forgive me if not if think if I'm thinking that they're gonna do the same thing here. Like what what are we supposed to do? At least I don't see a lot of people being like super enamored with Killer Cross with Karrion Cross now. They're like he's he's interesting and fun and great and he's great, um, but he's not like he doesn't have the same super rabid following that that the the, the fiend had. So I don't know where this is all going, but. I, I, I can tell it's not going to be good. Whatever, whatever they whatever they decide, it's not going to be good. And listen, all you have to do is watch how they're booking the people they have on Raw and SmackDown. And to say you want Keith Lee up there is to say you want Keith Lee's career to end. I mean, effectively, to be used either poorly, to be given a push for a few weeks until Vince says, ah, I don't like him, he's too fat. If he was thinner, maybe I'd keep pushing him, but he seems fat. I know he can do a lot of athletic stuff, but I don't believe it. Or whatever comes into Vince's mind that day 
Um, and then and then he's just shunted off to the side, or he's put he's given some weird, stupid new gimmick. Like I, I don't know what they're gonna do with him, but it's not gonna be great. And then he's gonna give up years of his career to not being used at all or being used poorly. And when he finally gets out from under this contract, he's gonna be 38, 39, 40 years old. And then what? I I'm just I'm so I'm such I'm in such a dark place about WWE and the way they book things, who they choose to push, why they choose to push them. It's dark, dark times. Which makes maybe it's perfect for the for the guy who's like all about darkness, who's who's whose wife is like, here's a fireball I materialized out of thin air. Um, maybe it's perfect for that guy to be the champion then. Oh man, I, that's that was perfect, man. Another poetic monologue by Alex Pulowski, man. That, that that's I mean, literally, even Dante V with the super chat says Sour Graphs Wednesday edition. Uh, listen, you're gonna get a lot more of these unless the booking improves, people. <laughs> yeah, man, love it. Um, we also had another super chat earlier that probably came around the time we were talking about this match. Want to make sure not to miss it. It's from Dizzy C. It says, actually, sorry, I actually think Shotzi looks good with Rhea, aesthetically, even if Rhea is good as a loner. Um, so, uh, do you agree with that? You like the like the team there? Like, if they do more stuff between Shotzi and Rhea going forward? Um, I yeah, I suppose they they work together really well. Like, she she could easily be like the 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 wacky younger sister kind of a thing. I, I'm assuming she's older than Rhea because Rhea is so friggin' young. But they just they have that that kind of a a dynamic like you mess with my kid sister and i'm gonna it's your ass like that kind of a thing because they they seem like they're two versions of the same aesthetic like shotzi's like hey my hair's green i wear i ride a tank and ria's like that's cool i murder people like it's the same basic idea like they're very punk but in a different kind of way but i still think they mesh together well sure sure um justin lopez uh with another super chat says I have faith Alex, Roman, and Brock did give him rubs at the Rumble and Survivor Series, but then again, it is Vince. I mean, that's very true as well. I mean, from what I've heard, and who knows how reliable this is, but from what I've heard, Vincent Mann was very impressed with him so far from what he's seen of him in, in the main roster, and they really did highlight him at Survivor Series with the way that he wrestled Roman there at the end of the match and stuff for sure. Sur Survivor Series is almost a year ago now. We, we forget because, you know... The COVID time has felt like it's just like anything prior to like March is like the before times, the long, long ago. Like it feels like there's been epochs that have that have stretched over this summer, but it really is almost a year since Survivor Series. And Vince only takes like three weeks to sour on somebody. Like he just he just he he called up EC3 and decided in one week that guy doesn't have it, which is fucking stupid as fuck. Like that guy has all of it. And they decide in a week, like, nah, he doesn't have it. I don't want to use him. That's ridiculous, but he can do it. He can say, oh, I would like Keith Lee back in November, bring him up and say, nah, I just, I don't, I don't see it anymore. You know, like, cause this is a guy who, who, who decides to push and put the money in the bank title, uh, money in the bank briefcase on Otis of all people. Like you can't reason with that kind of insanity. You just can't. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, uh, with, with Keith Lee on the main roster, if, if, and when that happens, maybe they'll pull a giant, some kind of out of left field and, and maybe Keith Lee just retains, but if they do that, then what was all the point in this with Karrion Cross? Like that's, well, see, this, this, if it was, if it was AEW, 
Karrion Cross would lose, and they just they just move on to somebody else. Because that's what they do with Lance Archer, with Brody Lee, with Brian Cage. They bring in these big monsters. They book them like a monster for four weeks. They feed them to the champion, and they move on. Like, I, I think it's possible you'll, you'll see Lance Archer rebound from that and get another title shot. But AEW's thing is the opposite. They, they, they bring in the monster. They feed the monster to the champion. The, the champion looks great, and the monster looks great, but the monster loses. And then the champion moves on to the next thing. In NXT and in WWE, they, they they very rarely do that. They build this guy up and up and up and up and up, and they don't want to, like, squash that right now. They'll squash it later when they've gotten tired of him, but at this point, they need to do something with it. Otherwise, again, otherwise, what are they doing it for? Yeah, you're totally right about that with AEW as well. Like, uh, Lance Archer still has not recovered. He's actually in a pretty bad spot, it looks like, with, like, Jake the Snake right now. They don't, they're not doing anything too appealing right now, in my opinion, on the show. Um, Brody Lee is somewhat rebounded, um, especially depending on the outcome of his match with Cody this weekend. Right. But uh, but it did take time to build him back up and a complete shift in the Dark Order storyline from like a serious group into a more of a comedic group, which I actually think is hilarious. I, I really like the Dark Order, what they're doing right now, um, mainly also because I follow being the elite each week. So And of right. course, cover it for Fightful Select on the Fightful Weekend or if you want to check it out. But... Uh, and then with Brian Cage, the verdict's still out with, with me on him. Like, I know he's great. I've been watching his career for a long time. But, like, as far as an AEW, the FTW belt doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Um, it was cool, like, in ECW, but it doesn't – it's not like a real AEW belt. So I totally get what you're saying with, with how they've kind of built these guys, put them in a really a big spot, and then didn't really – they're still trying to recover. Um, so, yeah, man, I just – I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. They've really boxed themselves into a corner, like you said, uh, with the booking of this main event. But I, I can't deny that Karrion Cross is, is great, as as well as Keith Lee. I mean, I can't deny that these are two guys that I want to see in a world title match. It's just someone, I mean, theoretically speaking, someone has to lose. But And, and I'd rather somebody lose than like a non-finish or a DQ or something stupid. Like, I'd rather have just a straight-up winner. But how do you make that decision on who you go with and... We'll see. But at least I am interested in the match. I mean, at the very least, I'm interested to see what they wind up doing. So that's I mean, listen, uh, they very well could have Keith Lee uh, lose because um, Scarlet conjures up like a like a a swarm of bats that just like descend from the rooftop of the PC and just flutter all around him. And he ah, ah, and he falls over and then Killer Cross pins him. They could do that because because she's a sorceress, don't you know? Very true. And if that winds up happening, someone's watching the show right now, if that's what winds up happening. Although we have seen, I mean, it really isn't that far off from, like, cockroaches on the ring for, like, the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, WrestleMania or something like that. Like, it's pretty much, I mean, we've we've seen things like this. What scares me is seeing the stuff on NXT, because this is supposed to be, like, the future of the company. Like, I want something different than what Vince has been doing. Now it seems like Vince is either helping book NXT more heavily or Triple H is just like going along the lines of more of how Vince thinks probably in hopes of like trying to take over the whole thing quicker. Maybe, maybe that's part of it is, is Triple H can be like, Hey pops, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got fireballs coming out of contracts. I've got bats flying around the ring. And he's like, you finally did it, Paul. You find now you, now you get it. All right. You yeah. got Ron Smackdown, you know, who knows? But, uh, but as far as uh, the main event of the show, man, that's all we got left to uh, to talk about here. If there's anybody who has a, a super chat before we get out of here, you know, while we're talking about this main event of, the, of tonight's NXT, make sure to send it now. Or while we're talking about the match, we will make sure to 
dive deep on that. So if you got a question, if you had some predictions for you know the matches this weekend, anything that you want to make sure that we read out, anything at all, uh, a super chat is much appreciated, and we'll try to give you your money's worth on that. Uh, so the main event, we had Finn Balor and Velveteen Dream. We talked a little bit about the return of Velveteen Dream last week, and since then, I know a lot of people have talked about him, and I know that there's a lot of different opinions on him at the moment. Um, so I don't know if we want to dive into that or not, but as far as like the actual match is concerned, and what the I mean, it's strange, right? Because of what's going on, but they're clearly not afraid to push him. Like he's just got a win over Finn Balor. He's gonna be in this ladder match at NXT TakeOver 30. Um, I mean, I thought the match itself was pretty solid, and I think Velveteen Dream is a very good in-ring worker and character, and he's still somewhat green, but, like, it's exciting because he's green and he's already this good. You know, it's like, I'm a very big fan of his, but then there's all the outside-the-ring stuff that I'm still, like, kind of, like, I don't I don't know, I feel kind of weird about still. So it's like, kind of, what, what were your thoughts kind of on the main event and Velveteen Dream getting, you know, heavily spotlighted on the show again? And then, of course, we had all this stuff, you know the match. It was a it was a screwy finish, and everybody came out and and um and all. I know there's it's a lot to digest and a lot to unpack there. So I just kind of try to try to lob that up for you. If you want to yeah. go ahead and just uh can you give me your yes. thoughts. Thank for you for throwing that dead fish in my lap. Um, I you're very welcome, I, sir. Yeah, yeah. I <sighs> listen. The people who accuse Dream of doing what they appear to have proof that he did. We're not contacted by anybody in WWE to find out what's the deal with this. Can you tell us more? Like, let's find out uh, more about what you say happened. Like, walk us through this. Um, let's let's have a, a thing with you. We'll talk, talk to you. We'll answer you some questions. We'll have the same questions to Dream, see what he has to say. Let's conduct an investigation. That investigation never fucking happened. And that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know to that's, say. That's fair. That's fair. That's all I need to know to say. Fuck everything. Fuck all of this. Like that's that's all I need to say. Like that's 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 it. Like if you didn't do the investigation, if you didn't just contact the people who said, "Look, this dude's soliciting nudes from teenagers." If you didn't like, people made that kind of like uh, uh, allegations against him. And you didn't say, you didn't like call him up to say hey uh, what's up with that if you didn't do that at the bare minimum and then you say in interviews this week uh, no we looked into it it seems like it's nothing you know in this day and age a lot of people say things we don't know exactly what happened so we're just gonna move on. What well, also? That's, that's oh, a sorry, weak, that's I didn't weak shit. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry about no, go that. Ahead, go ahead, um, I also wanted to mention because it's along with, with your what you're saying. On I, I caught on commentary during his match. The I can't remember who said it on commentary, but somebody actually mentioned like this is Dream coming back after his self inflicted uh, hiatus or whatever, however right. they worded it. And it was like, like they're, they're not uh, even using the, the the car accident in kayfabe. But they're not even, like, using the car accident as the reason he was gone. Like, they say, Triple H, you, you brought him back after all this, all these allegations. Like, no, that wasn't it. He was, he was in a car accident, and he wasn't medically cleared. Now he's cleared, so he's back. So what you're saying is, if he didn't get in the car accident, and he was healthy, you he would have been wrestling this whole time? He would have been on TV this whole time after all that shit came out. 
you never would have held him off and been like, you know what, listen, we're going we're gonna to hold you off TV for a few weeks and figure all this stuff out. And if you do an actual, honest to God, real investigation, not yourselves, but you hire an outside company who does this kind of stuff to do background checks and stuff, and they say, you know what, it's all clean, it's a little dicey, but he came out clean. And then you say, here are the findings done by this outside group. We're going to publish them. We believe we are in the right to put him back on TV. If you do all of that, then I'm much more willing to go along with whatever you've done. But you say, we investigated ourselves, and it turns out we did nothing wrong. That's bullshit. You can't do any of that. Now, I don't know, moving on to the match itself, I appreciate that Dream is really leaning into this heel thing. Like, he's, he's he, he very, very much, like, loving getting to play this heel part, which I honestly think was, was the best thing for him from the beginning. Like, they really wanted to lean into, like, hey, he's really fun, everybody likes him, he's controversial and whatever. And, well, yeah, it t- turns out that, you know, alleged pedophiles are controversial. But, but it was like this thing where we were supposed to root for him, even though he was weird and, you know, you couldn't predict him or whatever. Now he's like saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm this villain, which is great. At least we don't have to root for him. That's, that's good. But at the same time, I don't want to see him on TV. And I definitely don't want to see him pinning Finn Balor, who's one of the greatest allies to the LGBTQ community that, that you have. You have teenage boys saying this guy is praying, is trying to prey on us. And you're putting that guy, this alleged predator over the, one of the, best friends to the gay community that you have on the entire roster in Finn Balor. It just isn't a good look, man. Like, uh, and the, the, the saddest thing about all of this is that you, you add in to all of that the fact that the whole thing was a giant, giant schmoz. Halfway through the match, Cameron Grimes comes out for no reason to just top, sit on the top of a ladder for 10 minutes. And then everybody else starts coming out and everybody gets involved because if there's a big multi-man ladder match, everybody has to come out and get involved. Otherwise, how will we know they're all in the ladder match? It's not like everybody, like people have fucking Google now. It's not 1986. Like we know what's going on. We know who's in the matches. You're putting up on the, on the friggin' cards. Like you're having Mauro say, this Saturday, this is going to happen. You don't need to remind us by having them all come out and get involved with a giant friggin' ref bump. And then you have one of them get involved to, to who's not even in the match. Now, am I happy we're going to get Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher matches? Yes. Does the end justify the means? Hell no, it does not. So you have Finn Balor lose in this way after the schmozziest of schmozzies when everyone gets involved. I hate all of that shit. That's very Min Lester. It's very Vince. So the thing is, is that this has become Wednesday Night Raw. Like, is it better than, than Monday and, and Friday? Of course it is. It's so much better than Wednesday and than Monday and Friday. But it's the same booking scheme, which means we're going to start going that steep decline downhill until it is as bad as Monday and Friday. But here's the thing. We've all been saying everything's going to get better when Vince is gone. When Vince steps aside or dies or whatever, everything's going to get better when Vince is gone. And it's not. Because from what we've seen this week with the booking, with deciding to push this guy, not even, not even just like letting him stay on your show, but pushing him too. And all the comments that that, that, that that Triple H has said, like he's also said today in his thing, like uh, we've already addressed that topic, so we're gonna move on. No, 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 this is a topic you gotta sit in, Trips. Paul, you gotta address this shit. 
You made this decision to keep this guy on your show and to push him, make him a focus of your show. You have to talk about this topic because you decided to make it a topic by bringing him back. So with all that stuff Triple H is saying, if Triple H is the guy who takes over for Vince, nothing's really going to change. Not really. And that, as, as, as is the, the, the catchphrase of, uh, of Sour Graps, that means everything sucks. Yeah, man, uh, it's uh, it's it's crazy. I I I really couldn't agree more with you. I it's, yeah, man. And then also like on top of it, on like the other side of it, like just on the wrestling side, Finn Balor. It's strange to me to see him in the spot he's in. I mean, like I do like him and Tim- Timothy Thatcher. I do like that matchup a lot. I think it's gonna be great. But Finn Balor's like. I mean, I'm not saying he's, like, above NXT or anything, because I actually like NXT better than all the other WWE shows. Like, I, I like that Bauer's on NXT. That means I actually watch him more often, because I watch NXT more than I watch Raw and SmackDown. But I feel like he's... I don't know. It's so weird. Like, he's like, a, he's, like, a superstar among people who are trying to be superstars and, like, getting lost in the mix. It's 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 strange to me. Um because I figured him going back to NXT meant for sure he was going to win the NXT title again. And, like, because he was such a great NXT champion the first time. And, and we have no idea what they were planning with him when he was going to fight Walter, Walter for, for the NXT UK title. Like, that was all set up for NXT UK Dublin. Like, who knows what that would have done? Like, if they, if they would have done that where he actually took the title. Nobody beats Walter. Nobody. If they had Finn Balor beat Walter in Dublin for that title, and he could like fly over there and stay stay in his friggin' in, in Dublin, and then fly over to wherever the hell they're doing the tapings, but then come back to NXT for several weeks and defend the NXT UK title here, like you would have like you would have had like you know like well not obviously not now, but you would have had like Tyler Bate versus um versus uh, Finn Balor stuff. You would have had Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor stuff for the NXT UK title. All that. I think they had major plans for Finn Balor to anchor and and revitalize the NXT UK brand. And then, you know, we have no idea what they were planning. He looked so revitalized, so ready to be a star again when he first showed up back in NXT almost a year ago. And... This the whole thing has been really this this whole recent few months have been really bad for Finn Balor and that sucks. Dude, that's a tremendous point you just made because you're totally right. They were pushing Finn Balor to be that guy in NXT UK. Whether he was gonna beat Walter or not, it was like he was he was doing a lot of really cool stuff over there. So that can't be understated. You're totally right about that. Um and now they're kind of pivoting and like who knows where they're going with this. But I will say, I'll say it again, like I think him and Timothy Thatcher is going to be really good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where they, where they wind up going with this. I know we saw – all right, sorry. I know we had a couple super chats. Um, Justin Lopez said, hard for me to get behind Dream with all the BS out there. Yeah, that's kind of – that's what me and Alex are saying as well. It's a, it's a sticky situation for sure. Um, Sasha Banks with a couple super chats uh, says, do you do shout-outs? Yeah, shout-out Sasha Banks. Um, <laughs> we uh, – um, Alex, is there anything else you want to get to uh, before we get on out of here? That was NXT for this week. Yeah. Um, uh, the the TakeOver UK, no, sorry, UK, TakeOver 30, whatever it is, uh, looks interesting. Like, the matches look look, inter- look interesting to me. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, recall. They don't have a Cruiserweight title match 
right? They don't have a tag title match. They the, like wh- run down the card for me that I'm that I'm, I, I know about the giant ladder match, McAfee and Cole, Keith Lee and and Karrion Cross and the women's title match. Am I forgetting one? No, you nailed it. The only other one is the tag team triple right. threat for the number one Which, contender on the pre-show. So, so is that yeah. is that a is that a four match main card or am I missing one? Yeah, I, that no, no, you're you're correct. And I was confused because four too. matches is really short. Yeah, and I was confused about that also because I was kind of looking over this before tonight's show, and I was thinking like for sure they'll add a fifth match tonight for that, and that's kind of what I thought the the tag team thing was going to be, and. And I thought maybe even there was a chance they had Imperium there. Like, maybe they got him and, like, they could do the tag match, like, after, like, whoever wins the pre-show could get the tag match yeah. later that night, maybe. Yeah, that maybe. I mean, the thing that they that they have that's ready ready and available to them is they can say, um, you have all kinds of people who could be, like, have grudge matches that they can book via social media or on the bump or whatever the hell they do their thing. Um, you could do Rhea versus Mercedes Martinez in a straight-up one-on-one match. Um, there's other things that you can do. You could do Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. You could say, we're putting that on, on, on TakeOver 2 because Finn Balor deserves a spot on TakeOver 30. Like, if the, the 30th TakeOver, Finn Balor, like, di- like, the Finn Balor era was so important to NXT. It seems like he should be on the card if he's not in that ladder match, which he should be in that ladder match. But... If not, then having him versus Timothy Thatcher, it's Timothy Thatcher, who's a brand new, very interesting face in NXT. I'd be down for that being the fifth match they add to the main card. I couldn't agree more. I think that would be the perfect match to add. And like you said, if you have Finn Balor available, I mean, for those of you who might not understand, or maybe just because you weren't watching NXT at the time, actually around this era, I'm wearing a Samoa Joe shirt from like around the time that we're talking about, actually. Um... Finn Balor, like, that era where it was, like, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Neville, like, that like that kind of group of guys. And, of course, the girls, too, the, the horsewomen. Yeah. I mean, it, that was – Finn Balor, because, like, like, I love Kevin Owens as champion. I thought it was so great, the way he was a heel and just everything he did, the way he beat Sami Zayn for the belt and the whole – I love Kevin Owens. Um, and then I was a little disappointed when Balor got the belt from him because I was like, man, I love what Owens is doing. And then Balor took that belt, put the company on his back, and brought NXT to levels that it – I don't think they would have reached if he wasn't the face of the company. So, like, yeah. um, Finn Balor really, really deserves a lot of credit and should for sure be featured on this show. Um, Evan Wright says, McAfee versus Cole, 60-minute Iron Man match, let's go. Basically, I think he's basically saying there, there's probably going to be enough time for it if there's only four matches. Yeah. Um, Myron Kidd says, why TakeOver isn't, oh, why isn't TakeOver in the Thunderdome? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. They're doing SmackDown and SummerSlam, and I don't know about Raw, but... Or... Yeah, Raw's in... Every, everything after, um, the, everything on the main roster... From here until October is all in the Thunderdome. So there you go. Um, so where, I don't where where two men enter, one man wins by DQ. That's, that's <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to chant, but it's actually uh, much more true to WWE. <laughs> there you go. Um, Justin Lopez. Oh, this is a great question. Uh, it says ladder match picks. I'm going with Priest. You know what? I did uh, predictions for this show a few days ago, and I actually predicted that Finn Balor would beat Velveteen tonight and then win the title over the weekend. So my pick would have been Finn Balor. Of the people that are available, 
or that are going to actually be in the match, I should say. Um, I don't think Velity needs the belt again. I don't think Gargano needs the belt again. I think Grimes could probably do a lot of cool stuff with it, even though Grimes, I hate his little hat. Grimes is my pick. Grimes, Grimes is Alex's pick. Grimes okay. is my pick because because he's he's they they love to have chicken shit heel mid card champions. He's going to be the guy who refuses to wrestle anybody. He's going to be the AJ Styles Intercontinental Champion version on on NXT. They love that guy. And listen, he does a great job of playing that character. He's insufferable. We love to hate him. We can't wait to see him get his ass kicked, which is why they're going to love putting him over in that ladder match. And and he's the perfect guy to do it, too. He's going to cave in so many dudes from the top of ladders. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm going to go with you as well. Um, oh, you know, I think Priest... I would have probably went with Priest before seeing him lose to Bronson last week. And this is nothing against Bronson. I just feel like I would choose Bronson over Priest right now if I had to pick between the two of them for this match. Um, but I do think Cameron Grimes is the best option. And also, you know, people forget, like, and I'm not saying they made the wrong decision here, by the way, but, like, I thought that they were going to, I thought that Cameron Grimes was going to win that whole Futures tournament that they did, that, that, um, yeah. uh, ACH, what was yeah. he being called? Um, Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles. Um, and, you know, nothing against Jordan Miles. We, we just know that that whole situation just ended terribly and he's not there anymore. And, like, Cameron Grimes is there. And I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming Jordan Miles, for the, by the way, for that. For people who know what went on with that, I'm not trying to, like, I'm a Jordan Miles fan. I like ACH. I'm glad he's doing his thing on the indies. And I'm sure he's going to rebound and he'll be back on mainstream television. He's very, very talented. But... Cameron Grimes, I feel like that was going to be his spot. And then Jordan Miles just kind of barely edged him there. And now they're kind of running with Miles or sorry, with, uh, with Grimes. I feel like, I think they're, they, they really think, I, I feel like they have to feel like they have a lot of value with Cameron Grimes right now. And he can have great matches. Um, so, so yeah, I'm going to go with Cameron Grimes as well. Uh, Anakin JMT says, think Dynamite will kind of program takeover while they're head to head. Well, I mean, they're by, I mean, they're going to kind of, naturally have to because they're going to overlap i think an right. hour or so um so i mean technically i guess that is a counter program but it's aw didn't want to move to saturday it's because of the because of the nba right and so it's like you know I, I you know so but thank you anakin for the uh for the super chat so we'll see what happens that that hour that it overlaps maybe we're going to see a lot of crazy stuff. i do know that dynamite is is stacking up to be a really really good show it looks like so um mm -hmm. So NXT and and, uh, and AEW going head to head on Saturday is going to be great. I'll definitely be watching both shows. Um, well, I mean, this thing about thing about AEW that they have going for them is that they're on a night where they're not normally on. People, people, people. There, we don't we forget about. There's a whole wide swath of people who work weeknights but are off on the weekends, and they might be flipping through the channels and find something on Saturday night they didn't know existed really, and they get to watch it. And those people don't have WWE Network. Like you have, a, you have an opportunity to reach a whole new audience that doesn't even know that you exist, that you may, they may become fans of yours. And putting like like old school dudes like FTR against new school dudes like Private Party, like just to pick a random match that I know is happening on Saturday, that's a great way of being like, wow, that's fun. I'm gonna make sure I DVR this stuff when it happens on Wednesdays. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, well, Alex, we made it through an episode here today. We did, and. Uh... I'm very happy about that. So, um, Alex, where can people where can people find you? Um, and of course, you can find both of us at Fightful Select. I want to make sure to shout that out one more time. 
that's the most direct way to um, to help out and support Fightful. Uh, you get Alex's Sour Graphs podcast. You get my Weekender podcast. Uh, you get a lot of stuff from Sean Ross Sapp, a lot of extra podcasts, a lot of news, breaking news, scoops. I mean, everything you think of. Uh, great, great value. You get a lot of stuff for your money. And I said it, said it before, said it at the top of the show, say it again. I'm going to give, I'll rub you a little bit more, Alex. His show is worth the price alone. Like everything above Sour Graps is literally just a bonus. So jump over there, Fightful Select, check it out. Um, on, outside of that, Alex, like what else you got going on? Where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps. Uh, I do two weekly shows, uh, one, one on Tuesday talking about Raw and one on Saturday talking about SmackDown. But this weekend's going to be different because I'm doing the TakeOver post show on Saturday. So I'm going to do something with, uh, it looks like I'm going to do something with the regular post show. Uh, Sean and, and Jeremy are kind enough to invite me on to get uh, free sour graps so for people who are 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 on the fence about like does he does he really hate smackdown as much as he say says he does i i I, maybe i'll tune in on friday to the regular show on the regular youtube to see and then next week you can you can pay again it's like 82 cents an episode it's five dollars a month it's like 82 cents an episode to to watch me get really really angry about raw and smackdown a very relatable show for people like myself. Um, <laughs> for those of us who, you know, because I grew up in the 90s, you know, I'm a late 80s kid. Um, I watched wrestling since the time I was probably, I think it's traced back to about 1994. Uh, one of the worst storylines ever drew me into pro wrestling. 1995, Dungeon of Doom versus Hulk Hogan in WCW. <laughs> well, I was, I was the right age for that. I was in that yeah. demographic, though. Yes. Um so listening to you complain about wrestling is great for people like me because it's very relatable for fans like myself. Um, we are, we're all in the same boat. We're all in this together as wrestling fans, especially the older we get. It's uh, it's nice to have other people that you also look around and can be like, you know what? I'm not too old to like this. This guy's still out here complaining about it also. So it makes me feel better about myself. Um, but uh, you can catch me on Twitter, fight talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-L-K underscore. I got got a bunch of stuff going on pro wrestling and mma wise video editing podcasting all that stuff try to keep that updated on my twitter um outside of that any last words alex you ready to get out of here i'm i'm out let's let's, we'll we'll, we'll, watch or don't on saturday and then listen to me yap about it afterwards there you go uh we're out of here guys guys and girls and everything in between we appreciate y'all all joining us tonight y'all have a good one say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.